There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. It's Thursday, September 22nd. From inside the WTOP newsroom, this is the DMV Download, brought to you by the men and women of Steamfitters Local 602. Get an estimate and learn more at steamfitters-602.org. In the last few years, the skyline in Bethesda, Maryland has transformed. Shiny new skyscrapers line Wisconsin Avenue. Three of them are more than 20 stories high. But Elza Heisel McCoy, who helped plan all of this, says this is just the beginning. There's a vision to create a new public gathering space, a major public gathering space. And across the river, things are a little different. The massive growth expected in Arlington County with the arrival of Amazon's HQ2 has been slower than some expected, in part due to the pandemic. We check in with Kate Bates of the Arlington Chamber of Commerce about growth in Northern Virginia's tech corridor, National Landing. The subleasing market is exploding right now. So the next couple years, we will see what happens and what the impact is on the commercial sector in general. Thanks for joining us. I'm Megan Cloherty. And I'm Luke Garrett. Gone are the days of a small city feel of Bethesda from decades ago, where single-story buildings lined Wisconsin Avenue. Things have certainly changed. Yeah, you can no longer just go and get like a, what was it, Giffords? Giffords ice cream. I was thinking about it Mm. all day. Like the small mom and pops, it's harder to get to those. And and now we have these huge high-rises. It's a city that's still growing. For answers about what's next, we bring in Elza Heisel McCoy, Division Chief of Down County Planning at Montgomery County Planning. Thanks for joining us. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Um, To start, the most apparent development, I mean, you'd have to be really with your head in the sand to miss it, are these huge geometric glass buildings that have gone up in the last couple of years. Um, But there's so much more to the story, specifically residential development and how much has been going on there. Can you tell us about that? Because I think people know less about that. Sure. So like you said, most of the buildings that have come out of the ground since the plan most recently approved in in 2017, five years ago, have been commercial office buildings. But I think we also have a lot of uh, residential projects that are uh, beginning to come out of the ground. Um, you know, the real estate development can sometimes be like a mushroom field where there's a lot happening sort of below the ground uh-huh. uh, in terms of, you know, design and financing and who controls the land and, and all of those sorts of things. And that's even before they get to our entitlement process that a lot happens before something comes out of the ground. So you have, uh, I think, a number of projects on uh, Old Georgetown Road that are uh, getting under construction. um, And you have a number of projects on Wisconsin Avenue. So you have there's a lot of development in general office uh, as well as more residential coming online. Wait, Elsa, I just drove by that giant hole in the ground on Old Georgetown Road and didn't know that had happened. I feel like, you know, you go three months and you're like, whoa, <laughs> when, when did that? No. I mean, what is that going to be? And I'm just curious. So there's the La Madeleine site, which is which is under construction southwest of the metro. That's going to be a new apartment building. Okay. And then further out, Old Georgetown, there was a church site that sort of went through a couple of different design iterations. I think it's rugby and uh, Old Georgetown. That's also going to be an apartment building. So. Okay. 
you know, there, there's no shortage of demand for multifamily apartment buildings mm. in Bethesda. Definitely. And most of the projects, I think the initial projects, the Marriott headquarters, the Avocet Tower, those were office buildings. Um, but I think most of the projects after that have been uh, have been residential. Hmm. And so let's walk into the mushroom field, if <laughs> as if you will, and talk about you know how this really happens. I understand that a big part of Bethesda's kind of redevelopment is the Bethesda Downtown Panel, which is kind of a group of citizens and developers working together to really you know make it happen. So how does that work? Can you explain that to us? So uh, there are lots of folks that are interested in uh, the redevelopment, the future, the character, the feel of downtown Bethesda. And so we have a couple of different groups. Um, we have the Bethesda Design Advisory Panel, which mm. is made up of architects and educators, landscape architects, and they meet once a month to look at new development projects and provide a design critique about how uh, these projects can achieve design excellence. We've had a lot of resident participation in those. Those are open to the public. We have an implementation advisory group, which is made up of residents and business owners to look at different elements of the plan that are being implemented, whether they're new buildings or park space, and provide comments and feedback. You know, the, the buildings, when they come out of the ground, you know, they're buildings, but there are, there's a lot uh, behind them. There's a lot that goes into making them happen um, sort of at every level. And you are never surprised by development. Obviously, that's your job. But I have to tell you, when I moved back to this area in 2010, I was like shocked at how big and developed Silver Spring had become. And now it feels to me like Bethesda kind of has not the same feel, because to your point, you want to like have each city have its own feel. But was any of Bethesda like modeled after what worked in Silver Spring? So I think, you know, in in addition to sort of the mushroom field analogy, and I'm I'm probably going to regret that at some point, (laughs) there's also sort of this idea of sort of catching a wave, right? And so... So many things have to come together for development to happen. You know, in Silver Spring, the decision of Discovery Headquarters to to move there and build that that big building was that promoted a lot of additional development. Mm-hmm. Um, Silver Spring and Bethesda are very different. It's sort of stating the obvious, and I think you know everybody likes it that way, right? You want Silver yeah. Spring and Bethesda to retain their character. So when the department and the council put the plan together in 2017 the timing was really good for sort of the folks that were interested in redeveloping properties and sort of going to sort of another level and also i want to talk about you know how to protect against overdevelopment are there any is there anything in place to kind of make sure green spaces are maintained recreation spaces are maintained as commercial buildings you know reach for the skies yeah, totally. That 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 is a fantastic question, and um, was a very high priority in places like Bethesda, where land is very expensive. It's very difficult to be able to make new parks mm. uh, and new Makes open sense. spaces. And so, one of the things that the Bethesda Downtown Plan did was create a pool of of density, a sort of buildable area that developers could essentially purchase. That that's above the the amount they might otherwise be able to do. And that payment is called a park impact payment. Uh, it's a per square foot payment that is that developers pay when they when they get a building permit. Those funds are used to 
acquire new land uh, for public parks. So the plan recommends three main parks, the Capitol Crescent Civic Green uh, at Bethesda and Woodmont, the the one at the Farm Women's Market on the east side of Wisconsin Avenue, and then an expansion of Veterans Park at Woodmont and Norfolk Avenue. Mm -hmm. And so the, the department was able to acquire the land and start design work on the Capitol Crescent Civic Green, there are discussions going on now for the farm women's market site. And so Bethesda plan sort of uniquely set up a funding mechanism. In other areas of the county, it's, you know, acquiring land is less of an issue. And Bethesda acquiring land is, is a major obstacle to developing mm -hmm. parkland. Is there any project that stands out to you that's on the horizon, Elza, as far as it could be, could be a park project? It could be a building, could be residential. But is there anything that you think is really, you know, the next to be uh, to surprise people? So I think I mentioned the Bethesda Farm Women's Market. You know, there's a vision to create a new public gathering space, a major public gathering space, huh. you know, give some attention to the Farm Women's Market building, which yeah. had some structural issues, a car ran into it. Um, mm. So I, I, I think that is that's been underway for a while. I think that's going to be um, that's going to be a very exciting a very exciting project. That's cool, too, because obviously it's a historic place in Bethesda. So you're kind of doing a little bit of maintaining the, the historic nature of it, the green space. Is that a lot of that land being repurposed, like the, the parking lots are kind of going away or we don't know yet? So I think the approval from a couple of years ago sort of envisioned that the public parking lots on the east side of that block would become new parks. Mm, OK. Um, and that the the parking would be relocated so, so yeah, so I think there, there's a new residential building. I think the, there's an office building that's going to stay, uh, the farm women's market building, and then a park in the back. Elza, thank you so much for coming on the show to really explain to us all these developments we're seeing in front of our eyes in Bethesda. Very good. Anytime. Take care. And coming up after the break, Amazon, Raytheon, Boeing. There was huge growth expected in Arlington. We'll check in with the Chamber of Commerce about how that's going. Backed by the experience of its hardworking members, Steamfitters Local 602 is ready to take on your next commercial heating, cooling, HVAC, or refrigeration project. Steamfitters Local 602 adds value to our community through its partnerships with local contractors and building owners, all while keeping the focus on improving the lives of its members and their families throughout the DMV. For work that's on time and on budget, go to steamfitters-602.org to schedule your next project. That's steamfitters-602.org. Steamfitters Local 602 changing lives. Thanks for listening to the DMV Download. If you like this show, give us five stars and leave us a review on Apple Podcast. We love hearing from you guys and your reviews really do help other listeners find this, our area's only in-depth daily local news podcast. And thank you for making us a part of your day. So in Arlington, there's no shortage of growth. As one of the more popular cities in our region, construction cranes aren't really hard to find there. But in Crystal City, where Amazon was expected to explode development and create its little city called National Landing, the growth has fallen short of expectations. Kate Bates, who is president of the Arlington Chamber of Commerce, joins us now. And Kate, first of all, thanks for being here. My pleasure. Um, let's start with those expectations just to lay it out for everyone. Obviously, it was such a huge deal when Amazon accepted Arlington's bid to move its HQ2 to Crystal City. It's an area now that it's renamed National Landing, so people are still getting their heads around that. Um, we heard there'd be 25,000 jobs created, massive construction, and a big payout. But as the Washington Post reported earlier this month, that payout has not happened uh, because the pandemic shrunk revenue streams 
Amazon hasn't paid Arlington any of the $23 million eventually they were going to pay out as a whole, nor has Arlington paid Amazon the incentives it promised for three years in a row now. We know that isn't all up to you, Kate, but (laughs) we're going to talk about um, for those who haven't been down to the National Landing area, there is change down there. Can you sort of describe what it looks like, how much development has gone on there to start? Absolutely. So to start off, I would say the business community and Arlington as a community in general are still thrilled uh, with Amazon choosing Arlington and the National Landing Area for the home for their second headquarters. Yeah, it really was such a smart decision in the sense that, you know, the National Landing Area had that huge vacancy as a result of BRAC. And so all the infrastructure was there to support all those additional jobs. And Amazon really was just that missing puzzle piece that we needed to further the dreams and the visions that people have had for many, many years for that community. So mm-hmm. you're seeing all the exciting projects, everything from the uh, CC to DCA connector moving forward and ideas that have been a long time coming. So there are still still cranes there. Still, the buildings are going. People are starting to return to office space. Again, obviously, when we had the Amazon Performance Agreement come through, no one knew what would happen with the pandemic and the way that the world and office work would change for so many. Uh, but I'll say that really having Amazon is such really an asset that the Arlington community has that we wouldn't have otherwise. Mm -hmm. So right now, Arlington in general has 20.8% commercial vacancy rate. That is the highest on record ever. And that's actually what's completely vacant. And then you look at what the actual office space utilization is. You know, we've seen some reports from Castle, who does the key cards, so they know who's coming in and out of the buildings. Yeah. Mm. You're seeing closer to 40% people in office buildings that are more like 60% vacant. The subleasing market is exploding right now. So in the next couple of years, we will see what happens and what you know the new normal looks like and what the impact is on you know the commercial sector in general. I talked with a spokesperson from Amazon today about this whole redevelopment. And, you know, they made the point that their hiring so far is on target, their building so far is on target. So maybe it's a perception that it's taking longer than it should. And I think, Kate, that might be because of that one, you know, data point of growth, which is the transient occupancy tax you mentioned. You know, that was done in a unique way. The incentives was tied to the transient occupancy tax and the growth in that tax, which is really tied to people staying in hotel rooms. Hmm. Again, with the pandemic, no one would have anticipated that with Amazon coming, things wouldn't be moving forward in that sense. Hmm. So the idea was that really the incentives would be paid out based on the tangible growth that would come in terms of that additional tax. So with the pandemic, our tourism sector was just completely devastated. We rely very closely on business travel, as well as, of course, travel supporting government. So we did not see those increases that we anticipated. So that's really at the heart of why those incentives didn't get paid out. Mm. However, I'm happy to say that we're seeing some rebounding in the hospitality market. It's really the workforce that they're now working to bring back. So moving from commercial development to real estate development or residential development, you mentioned that earlier. Amazon has paid $800 million kind of toward that end. So what does residential development look like in National Landing right now? Sure. So I can probably speak better to more broadly in Arlington. You know, we are seeing residential projects moving forward at the rates that they typically do. This last Saturday, the Arlington County Board meeting, a project that's been in the works for several years, Courthouse West. Now it's permitted to be up to a 14-story apartment residential building in the courthouse area. 
speaking specifically to national landing, national landing based on the last numbers, the office market was seeing in class A about 24% vacancy rate and 23% in class B, whereas the residential is seeing only about four to 5% depending on the class. So obviously much, much, much lower. Well, I wonder too how um, the metropolitan park that Amazon's going to put in, um, I guess it's a Clark construction project to lead platinum buildings, but it has retail as well. And there's a bunch of like smaller retailers that are going in like Conti's Bike Shop, um, South Block, Peruvian Brothers, Good Company Donuts, and even this uh, daycare called Celebrity School. Um, I'm wondering if that might attract more people to move in down there. You know, it may attract more residential. People still want to live in this area, regardless of whether they're going into the office or not. That was a huge asset for people's commutes before. But even as commutes are changing, there's still a lot that make Arlington and the Crystal City area incredibly desirable. And one of the other nice things, again, about Amazon as an anchor, you know, we saw the people that were the most excited about it were the retail and restaurant buildings right around that area, because they know that with that increased workforce, Mm -hmm. they can support their businesses. And we've seen an increase in new restaurants opening in that area uh, that really will count on those workers during the day, as well as the residents during the evening. And it's not just Amazon. Obviously, Amazon's such a juggernaut that it's it's hard to even talk about that area and not talk about Amazon. Even when something's growing a little slower than you expected, you still know it will grow. But when Amazon announced it was moving in, it really established what some are calling a tech hub in Northern Virginia. Then Raytheon and then most recently Boeing have said they're relocating there as well. Um, Kate, from a business perspective, how big are those announcements for, you know, this maybe smaller retailers? Absolutely. Each of those announcements is huge. You know, Boeing has actually been a longtime resident of that area, and we're thrilled to have their expansion and the official headquarters relocation. These things all help really diversify our commercial base here, that we want to have all these different tenants. But these headquarters making the stance and saying Arlington is a great place to do business is where we want to do business means a lot. Because with every one of those large businesses that come, you have a number of small businesses that come and follow as well. You know, the defense space at subcontractors, Amazon attracts different types of businesses. Mm-hmm. Just like if you look a little broadly outside the Crystal City area to other areas of Arlington, it was the same thing when Nestle was announced, that you saw a lot of other businesses then looking at the Roslyn market as a result. Kate Bates, president of the Arlington Chamber of Commerce, telling us that even though growth is a little bit slow in some areas, it seems like it's going pretty well. It's on the it's on the upswing. We thank you for your time. Thank you so much. Okay, and before we go, I have a little uh, <laughs> venting to do. Do it. Okay. So I'm I'm very excited to go to this um, multiple sclerosis fundraiser tonight. It's this big yes. ball. Um, WTOP is a huge sponsor of the Multiple Sclerosis Society, which raises money to help find a cure. Mm. Our Dave Johnson and Mike Marillo are both diagnosed with that, so it's very personal, right? Totally. So that's not what I'm complaining about. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, where's this going? This is okay. So there's the ball. For some reason, it feels like it is so extra to get ready for one of these things now. Mm. When you, I mean, it used to be a big deal, right? But man, it's, it's still a big deal, dude. Lot to do. The hair, the spanks, the makeup, <laughs> the heels, the clutch about a, that has a clutch to match bag. the I've heels. I've never heard of that. What's a clutch yeah, bag? Yeah, and Luke's never heard of a clutch before. <laughs> so you get your hair done. Like, it's a whole thing. Dang. There's tanning lotion involved. That's a lot. You know, It's a lot. I've got an event of my own tonight. It's just an alumni event for my university, and I've just got to throw in a sports coat. That's really pretty much it, and so I hate no, to rub it in. No but... fake tan for you? <laughs> no, no fake tan. <laughs> just a sports coat. You know, i got my button-down shirt. Done deal. Maybe a lot of shoes. Okay. So, you, but your event sounds fun, though. Do you know people there? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have some friends who are going to be there that I went to school with. Oh, cool. You know, went yeah, to school in good. San Diego. So, honestly, a lot of us came to D.C. Because D.C., you can do a lot of different things. I mean, journalism, government, um, tech I know, stuff. but you wouldn't think the San Diego kids would be interested in that stuff. No, I they, like that I'm wrong here. No, they are. They totally are. Okay, cool. Uh, maybe just be my school. But, yeah, it'll be fun. So, I might share a photo, and I might be making a face about how much my feet hurt. <laughs> but I am happy to support the cause. Totally. So, Worthy. there you go. Worthy. I hope you guys have some fun Thursday night plans. And that'll do it for us tonight on the DMV Download. We are sponsored by Steamfitters Local 602. Love those guys. Our managing editor is Craig Schwab, and our music is by Real World. Be sure to give us a review and rate the show if you get the chance. And make sure to tell your friends about this show. We want to share the love. The DMV Download is a product of WTOP News. Listen on 103.5 FM in D.C., 107.7 FM in Virginia, 103.9 FM in Frederick. Online at WTOP.com and on the WTOP News app. Have a good night, guys.